Namaste. So today we have Mother's Prayers and Meditations. Prayer dated May 25th, 1914. And as we have often shared this, uh, this truth that it is the Divine who does the yoga for earth. Man is the intermediary in which the two can consciously unite. So something of earth is in us. By that I mean earth nature with all its past evolutionary layers and in man there is the unique privilege of becoming conscious of the divine. But more often than not, becoming conscious of the divine has led to a misguided spirituality as the mother uses the word, illusory, wherein we are lured by the sattvic illusion of withdrawing towards the divine, abandoning earth nature. But man is meant to be the bridge so something in us, much in us is earth nature and there is something in us which can become conscious of the divine. To what extent this can go? Here we have a beautiful prayer of the mother and here we, we will see that how she surpasses way beyond all the experiences and realizations that we have um, heard so far. So here in this prayer we will see how the mother is doing the yoga for the earth. It is there in several places. And it reminds me how when um, uh, one of the disciples asked the mother, Mother, what you are doing? Physical transformation is so difficult. It's near impossible. Though of course nowadays we have crash courses in even in physical transformation. But it's not a, it's not a child's play. Even to discover the divine presence within. So... She said, but who is asking you to do it? So the disciple says, what do you mean, mother? She says, you have to open to me. Hasn't he told you? And then she gives her example. There are several prayers of the mother where we can clearly see that she has come to do the yoga for the earth and we have to open to her. This is the key. And if we forget this key, then all the methods, practices, techniques have very little meaning. If you remember the key, then everything finds its meaning. Whatever way we can open to her, through meditation, through work, through Nam Jap, very powerful, through reading her books, through contemplation, through thinking about her, through just taking joy in her. Bhakta is one who takes joy in the divine. Whatever way. So that becomes the path. So here we have this wonderful prayer where she is praying on behalf of the earth. Whom is she praying? Which aspect of the divine? O oh, divine master of love and purity, grant that in its least stages, its smallest activities, this instrument which wants to serve thee worthily may be purified of all egoism. So it is so beautifully beautiful that even whatever we are seeking and asking, what is the motive behind? The motive is to serve you better. It's a very short prayer of the mother, one of my favorites. May we know thee more and more, to know thee better, so as to serve thee better. So this knowledge is not that, oh, I have self-realization. No, not at all. Because unless we know him, we may serve the divine ignorantly. So she is teaching us how to pray, how to move on the path. 
purified of all egoism egoism two things which are most important which makes as impurity in every strand and fabric of our being there is a very powerful passage in the synthesis in self consecration where shrivindu says each fabric has to be reminded in the language of the upanishad this is the brahman whom we adore and not this that men seek here after that is the brahman so everything must be turned toward that least act smallest activities and what does it mean we may be purified of all egoism all error all obscurity so what really is error error is a deviation of the divine will <laughs> there is no other error if you deviate from the divine will meaning thereby if arjun would have continued to do his duties as a son grandson husband etc he would have committed an error though he was doing his duties so error is to deviate from the divine will all obscurity which uh, because of which we don't have clarity about who we are why we are here what is the divine want of us so that nothing in it may impair deform or stop thy action here it's a reminder that all action is done by the divine one of the first fundamental truths to be realized by yoga there is a beautiful essay of shirbindu the delight of works where he says first know yourself as an instrument then know yourself as the force that works through the instrument then know yourself as the master of works <laughs> so the instrument is of course this uh, all this body and brain and all this then force that works is nature and who is the master is the divine where do we come in between these lines in savitri describe very beautiful man is a dynamo for god's work nature does most in him god the high rest <laughs> only his soul's consent is his own so what kind of forces we allow to express through us forces of egoism forces of desire forces of fear forces of anger forces of lust and greed or the forces that flow like purifying streams from the mighty himalaya that's where we give consent so he is the doer of all works how many little recesses lie yet in shadow far from the full light of thy illumination for these i ask the supreme happiness of these illuminations how beautifully she reminds every bit of sadness we feel in life something is hiding in these recesses that's how the mother put, puts it every time we feel sad we must tell ourselves that i am being insincere somewhere there is an insincerity it's not because of that person this person it's a kind of egoism which is curled up inside she uses the word curled up knotted and we have to extricate it what is it sometimes it may be uh, i didn't get approval i didn't get appreciation i am doing all the good things see nobody appreciates me or this person did not appreciate me egoism can hide under every little below the carpet so the divine if we you know we have this 
you keep things below the carpet and stand over it so divine pulls the rug from the feet <laughs> and we are tossed in the air it means grace if we trust him he'll hold in his arms and say wait let the floor be swept so this is how the divine works so she says and when this happens there is happiness each time something some darkness is hunted out removed and there is a joy that springs from inside oh to be the pure flawless crystal which lets thy divine ray pass without obscuring coloring or distorting it now do we remember now what is matri mandir's crystal symbol of the divine ray descending into the human vessel here it's the world consciousness and from there it should pass without the least distortion but everything in the world distorts it deforms it see how beautifully she is describing oh to be the pure flawless crystal which lets thy divine ray pass without obscuring coloring or distorting it that's how it passes from above right down below not from a desire for perfection even that is a desire i want to be perfect a siddha a yogi a sadhak an aspirant an ashramite all that <laughs> these things should be thrown out of the window so what does she say not from a desire for perfection but so that thy work may be done as perfectly as possible she would go on to say it is does not matter who does it so the context which you were mentioning so that was my reply that it doesn't matter her work should be done how does it matter who does it whoever is the instrument or channel her work should be done whoever she picks up whoever she chooses it's really not relevant important let her decide let her show us the way oh to be the pure flawless crystal which lets thy divine ray pass without obscuring coloring or distorting it not from a desire for perfection but so that thy work may be done as perfectly as possible to be her servitor that's why transformation transformation not oh now i'll pass beyond the human <laughs> into a superhuman being that is all egoism but transformation simply because then we the work the divine work can be done as perfectly as it should be done then this transformation means that nothing is there is no obscurity everything is nothing but shaped and remolded as the divine wants us to be so that's what ta- transformation is about and when i ask thee this now she gives us the secret and when i ask thee this the i which speaks to thee is the entire earth i mean i think no amount of gratitude is the mother's tremendous humility she spoke about of course to shirobindo infinite gratitude but it as much applies to the mother i feel a little partial <laughs> much more applies <laughs> and i'm sure the lord will understand i am bit partial towards the mother <laughs> he only said 
mother you have to fulfill the yoga of transformation doesn't it, it apply infinite gratitude to her how much she went through the pain the suffering and everything for the sake of earth so i think if all our life we can just cultivate a little bit of gratitude towards her this itself will take us far so she says and when i ask thee this the eye which speaks to thee is the entire earth aspiring to be this pure diamond she is at one place said this in when she speaks about savitri so she says there are four things in savitri the last one is yoga the divine mother in her effort to adapt to the falsehood of earth nature she used to assume my earthly body and be with all of us sometimes i just wonder how they continued to be with us it is just unimaginable because if you really look at even for us human beings the consciousness changes even a little it becomes so difficult we find it so difficult to you know just uh, mix with uh, what we in our ignorance and arrogance call as ordinary humanity whereas the first thing in yoga is to see the divine in all yet it happens becomes difficult here is the divine mother what she must have experienced being with us shubhinda was much more straightforward frank of course mother is also straightforward but when shubhinda was asked how does from the supramental point of view all all of us appear he said like cats and dogs there is no real difference you people make so much difference between cat and a human being the difference is in the possibility not in the present actuality for most but possibility yes there is a possibility in human beings which is not there apparently in dogs and cats but even that the mother one said i see cats and dogs doing the yoga but that's a different thing altogether because why they are straining towards something greater that's what yoga is about in a sense a perfect reflector of thy supreme light this earth should become the pure diamond all the hearts of men beat within my heart you know when you read cosmic consciousness cosmic man the indwelling universal yesterday we were reading the three four poems all on that experience where he says uh, i am the life of the village and the continent i feel each stab and every kiss i am the beast he slays and the bird he feeds and saves all this is happening inside that is the consciousness of mother and shubhindo <clears throat> we have seminars on this sometimes i feel <laughs> who can speak about shubhindo there is a beautiful little something reminder of the mother who can understand shubhindo he is as vast as the universe and his teaching is infinite the only way to come a little closer to him is to love him and to give oneself unreservedly for his work so here we see this aspect of the mother revealing to us vishrup in her own words all the hearts of men beat within my heart this is incidentally a meditation one meditation is that the divine is in your heart this everybody does another meditation is that you are in the heart of the divine mother and one can do the double meditation of being in the heart of the divine mother and the divine mother within one's heart it's a very powerful meditation 
Of course, no meditation should be done mechanically. It should be an act of love. <laughs> it's a big shelter to feel oneself within the heart of the Divine Mother. Thy heart is my supreme shelter. That's how she puts it. All the hearts of men beat within my heart. All their thoughts vibrate in my thought. The slightest aspiration of a docile animal or a modest plant unites with my formidable aspiration. And all this rises towards thee. So when we turn our aspiration to the mother, she joins, makes it million fold. When we do it all ourselves, then it's a little bit his prayer sank in the resisting night. We have that <laughs> line in Savitri. But when we join it with the mother, ma, 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 this is my aspiration, then she joins with her formidable aspiration. It's like when there is a huge Havankund or the Yagyavedi, and in that we put a little bit of fire, then it becomes inferno. It, it joins with it and, and rises upward. All their thoughts vibrate in my thought. It also reminds us that we should be very careful about what we think, how we act. Mother says it's like a blow on my own body. When my children uh, speak uh, ill of each other or even ill of others, when we hate someone, when we uh, speak with a language and words which are, as she has said, uh, uh, you know, words which, which are demeaning, debasing, Vulgar. It is like a blow on her because once we, she admits us into herself, all this she, she will absorb like Shiva. In us too, Shiva wrestles with the world's grief. But is it a good thing that we give her? Of course, if we have it, we have no choice but to purify it by offering to her. But if we can do something about it, so much better. And all this rises towards thee. Why does it rise towards the divine? For the conquest of thy love and light, scaling the summits of being to attain thee. And now comes something very powerful. Scaling the summits of being to attain thee, ravish thee from thy motionless beatitude and make thee penetrate the darkness of suffering to transform it into divine joy. Nothing personal she is asking. This whole earth should change. In fact, there is nothing changes if everything doesn't change. Ultimately, if you look at it, we think we are separate beings from the ego perspective. But from a deeper perspective, even though we have an individual soul which is unique and distinct, yet it is interconnected with every soul, every kindred soul, every brother soul. So she is reminding us, she has used the word ravish. I just love this word. What a wonderful use. Ravish thee from thy motionless beatitude and make thee penetrate the darkness of suffering to transform it into divine joy, into sovereign peace. Now she has used the word ravish, it's a very strong word. So she says, and this violence, <laughs> because she is literally going there and asking the divine to come down into this suffering world. And this violence is made of an infinite love which gives itself and a trustful serenity which smites with the certitude of thy perfect unity. So this is so, with smiles, 
and this violence is made of an infinite love which gives it itself and a trustful serenity which smiles with the certitude of thy perfect unity because all this here all these separate elements this too is divine so she is not asking anything which she should not ask this has to be transformed into divine image of the divine divine love divine joy divine peace so she is reaching to the highest and asking that for us that's why shurbindu says in one place the boon we have asked from the supreme is the greatest of all boons that one can ask for earth all the time greatest of all boons highest that one can ever ask and that's why even in savitri at the end she is told this even i cannot give so she goes to the beyond and all the boons are for earth and men thy sweetness give to feed me for earth and men thy oneness lord in many approaching hearts thy peace amidst the roar and ruin of wild time thy joy in which all creatures breathe all the boons are for earth and men there is nothing she is asking for what a wonderful example for us and she closes with this sweet little revelation oh my sweet master this something very beautiful several places when she qualifies the divine she uses the word sweet madhuram madhuram and see this is so beautiful why because our conceptions of the divine have been so distorted in modern times divine as judge not modern times medieval times he will punish you people i have heard people say mother will punish you today only i was telling somebody who was speaking of uh, you know divine as judge i said dekho divine if he judges you then where will we stand we will we won't know where to stand we'll have to run away divine doesn't judge why because all this is himself so what does he do he never condemns also what does he do he changes that's the only job divine job description is this <laughs> to change and change and change and change until everything becomes his perfect image it may seem like judgment to us because that change may be uh, too painful for a limited consciousness because we are being pushed out of our comfort zones so it may look like divine is punishing us but nor least he loves when most he smites that's what there is that line it may look like that because we are too limited we like to remain in the comfort zone but he is basically changing us to in his own image oh my sweet master thou art the triumpher and the triumph the victor and the victory so she is assuring that we don't get make the same mistake like the gods of the kain upanishad who after the victory in the devasur sangram said ours is the victory so the eternal comes and says oh yeah i see <laughs> and they ask who are you where is your identity card and he says i go everywhere without identity card i don't have one so they all try to show their force and power and all of them fail till finally indra chases who is this whom we don't know because he is not built of any of the five elements <laughs> of which all forms are made he can assume any form 
So they chase, he chases him and he discovers that the eternal vanishes and the Divine Mother, he meets the Divine Mother, Uma Hambati. And he says, he had come to remind you the lesson of humility. It is not your victory. It is the Divine victory. It is the victory of the eternal. How beautiful it is. For the Divine, even the defeat is or the failure is of the eternal. He is playing with himself that poem we were reading yesterday. The one self. My rival's downfall is my own disgrace. I look at my enemy and see Krishna's face. So with this line we'll close. O my sweet master, thou art the triumpher and the triumph. The victor and the victory. Very interesting, she uses these words, triumph and victory. They seem synonymous, but they are not. It's like battle and war. Battle is those little small things which you fight. You triumph over something in your nature. Victor is now sovereign. War, victory is in a war. When you have won completely, you have reclaimed it. Triumph is every little step. In which the divine wins, even little ground that he wins within us is the triumph. And when all of us he claims as his own, then this is the victory for which the earth waits. Namaste.